Hello and welcome to Revival Fires TV. I'm so happy you're joining us. My name is Holly Tinkani and I will be your host, joined by Pastor Terry Drost, who will be bringing the message. We love you and we want you to experience God's best in every area of your life. Now welcome Pastor Terry. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want you to go to the Word with me this morning. I'm not going to be long, but I, this is, I, I feel this so burning in my spirit for this house in this hour. And uh, one of the ways, if you're like I am, I guess we all ask the question, how do we know what God's will is for our life? How do we know exact direction that he's speaking? And one of the ways that I found personally, Brother Tom, is uh, there'll be confirmations, right? Other people, uh, great men and women of faith, of Precious-like faith, as the scripture says, will actually confirm things that we've never actually spoken out of our mouth to them, uh, you know, about our situation. How many found that to be true? Yeah, there you are. And so uh, it's interesting to me, uh, this word. And then I want to say this, and, and I, I, uh, I just, look, I, I spend time before the Lord. I don't take it lightly coming up here. Um, and I wait for God to speak to me. Uh, and if he doesn't speak to me, I would just stand here for 45 minutes and say nothing. Because uh, I fear the Lord. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is actually the beginning of wisdom. Amen? And so uh, I'm at peace with this message, but I want to say this. God totally interrupted it at 3 a.m. this morning. And I mean, I was sleeping like a bear. At 3 o'clock, my eyes popped open, and it wasn't because, uh, you know, nature was calling, okay? <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, and I just felt the Lord say this to me. Uh, he said, uh, get the suit of armor that you have and bring it out in front of the church. So we're going to do that at this time. I'm going to need a couple of guys to help if they haven't been raptured here this morning. And we're going to bring that over here as you turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. Can you say praise God? And actually, let's go to number 16 first. Number 16, and then we'll then put your thumb in that. Number 1642. Now, I understand uh, as someone who's been in ministry a long time that it takes time when you get into it, you delve into a topic like this. This is a deep topic. This isn't something that uh, probably a lot of people would receive that are brand new baby Christians. Uh, it may be over their head. And so I'm going to do my best by the help of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to break that down in bite-sized pieces for you. Is that okay? Yeah. Amen. And you say, why do you got a suit of armor here? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I know what God said to me. He said, bring it out and show it in front of the people. And so I can, I can tell you about the armor. Well, I feel like God is, I'm waiting on the Lord. That's what ministers do. They're led by the Spirit. They wait on God. And it's not all planned and structured and organized to the place that uh, God has no part in the service. Can you say amen? amen? So if you feel a call in your life of ministry and you say, man, I feel God like I had somebody say to me, man, I feel like God's called me to be on staff here. I said, well, I don't know. But uh, you probably should start out by taking at least a course or two. Amen. By the way, we have a ministry school starting this fall here. Uh, vision School of Ministry, and it, it'll be a blessing. You literally could take courses, college-accredited courses, for those of you that feel a call. Not everybody, look, we're all called to serve God, but not everybody is called to full-time ministry. Amen? And I'm talking about the five-fold ministry now. 
So uh, what an opportunity that is for you, for people that feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit, even as I'm speaking now, to do that. So that'll be this fall, and uh, it'll bless you. Um, so this, uh, this suit of armor is funny because in 1989, my wife and I got married May 6th, 1989. So honey, I've got four days to buy you a gift. Amen. And we, we, we'll have to do her <laughs> too. So we'll have to do takeout, I guess, right? What, what do you do uh, when everything's shut? <laughs> Where do you go? You can't go to a fancy place. We'll just, we'll keep it at home. But uh, in 1989, you know, it was 31 years ago. My, how time flies when you're having fun. Amen. The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. And so uh, when we first got married, uh, Jimmy, we were uh, trying to think where we were. Oh, we were down at, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Lancaster. And we were at this big, uh, I don't know if it was a flea market or one of these things, Brother Chris. But there was a, they had these beautiful, like, uh, tin men, like suit of armor, Tom. And I saw them, and I was like, Jackie, I said, man, we were just impressed by them. And uh, the problem was I had a little Mustang, and I, the back of it was already full of, of stuff. And I didn't have room to bring it home with me. So that was like, I think we were only married a few weeks or something like that. Is that what it was? Yeah. And uh, I don't know why. I just, I always liked that, you know. And we wanted to get one for our front room when we lived out in the country. And so, um, and so a year later, watch this, on our anniversary, and my wife reminded me of this this morning, May 6th, 1990, we were coming down from Scott Township, come down the bottom of the Wildcat here, right here by Pizza Hut, where uh, there's a... a I think it's called Castle Key now. It's a realtor office, really. But it used to be Wintenbrenner's uh, uh, nursery and garden. How many remember when it was that? Oh, there you are. There's a few of you here. So you remember that. And at Wintenbrenner's, they had these right out the front, Brother Gary. And it was interesting because we were at a light, and we're like, no way that we really liked that back then, you know. They didn't have Amazon back then, if you get my drift, okay. Going back a few years. I don't even think they had cell phones. I'm not sure. But anyway, I think they had the bag phone. I remember the bag phone. You plug it in. Anybody? They're, like, worth money now. My father had the first one, I think. Anyway, it still has it. No, I'm just kidding. It's good to see Dad here today. Give him a big hand. Praise God. Amen. Back in the house of the Lord. And so it's, and Mom was here yesterday, and... Uh, Mother's Day is next week. But anyway, so we, we both looked at each other. And after church, I stopped and I bought this suit of armor. That's 30 years ago. Uh, and uh, this week. And so it's just interesting to me. I haven't thought about it in a while. And actually, we took it out of our house and had it here. And it was actually in one of the sheds in the back of the church. And at 3 o'clock this morning, my eyes popped wide open. And God said, bring the suit of armor out. And all I could tell you is this. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm just going to go ahead and go with the flow here this morning. And then I'm going to get into the message that God gave me all week long. And I believe the two uh, will uh, connect together. I feel in my mind, in my heart, that somebody is battling something very, very heavy. It's a, it's a heaviness, and it's been weighing you down to the point that you feel discouraged. And even you've even had thoughts of suicide go through your, your mind. And so, how many of you understand nothing happens by coincidence? Everything, everything, listen to me, I know this, everything happens for a reason. Including what I'm saying now with this funny looking suit of armor up here. So don't, don't miss this. Whatever it is you're battling, I want to tell you the battle is the Lord's. 
But the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, and you, you can read this later if you haven't already, I would encourage you to go through it this week, to put on the full armor of God. And it starts out by naming the, the, the pieces of the armor. It says, the, put on the helmet of salvation. Amen? Put on uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the buckle of God's truth. Make sure you click it, right? Uh, click it or get a ticket, all right? And, uh, and then the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many know the gospel is peace? Amen. And then the shield, it says, for what? The shield of faith. That's it. To fend off the fiery darts of the enemy. How many have had lots of darts thrown at you? Trust me, if I was to turn around in the spirit, you would see them, many arrows sticking out of my back. But it's okay. The battle belongs to him. And I'm just saying this as, as I'm led with the spirit. But listen, it also says, and most importantly, have the, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Which decapitates any demonic onslaught that would come against your life. Can you say Amen. So I feel like I'm speaking this for somebody, maybe prophetically right now, and I want to be obedient to God, that whatever it is you're battling, the battle is His, but you must keep your armor on in these last days. It's imperative. And the enemy will come in like a flood, and it's okay. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen? And so I just I want to speak that, and I want to declare that over you, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And now I want to talk to you today, and we'll see how this goes, how it connects to this in this service. But I want to talk to you about how to connect the glory of God in your own life. Because how many know the glory of God is, a, is like a mega, mega topic in the Bible? It's like bigger than life topic. I mean, it's mentioned again and again, 27 times in the Old Testament, 14 in the New. It's, it's mentioned over and over. And this glory of God, glory, what does it mean? Well, I could tell you this, the glory of God uh, in the original means kabod. That's spelled K-A-B-O-D. That means the weighty or manifest tangible presence of the Lord. How many have ever felt that the, the tangible, like there's a presence of God? There you are. Yeah, it's a great, great church. The last service uh, needs to take some notes from you guys. Uh, the ten, <laughs> uh, not everybody, but the, there's a tangible presence of God. And I'm doing my best not to go over your head here, but how many know, again, the Bible says deep calls unto deep. Yea, the deep things of God. So I'm going in a little further here with you. And it's not by only head knowledge, but I've experienced this my entire life. And there are depths and levels of the glory of God. Okay. So I'm just setting that up. And then we see dozens of examples of Scripture. But let's just go to uh, number 16 of 42. It says, and it came to pass. Here's a great example of this. It came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses. Imagine his own congregation gathered against him, which is about a million and a half people. That was the original megachurch, okay? <laughs> uh, the congregation came uh, and was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation and behold the cloud, not the cloud like your iPhone where you put your pictures for storage, but the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord appeared. It represents God protecting his men. By the way, how many saw Dr. Rodney Howard Brown had lunch this week with the sheriff that, that arrested him? At his house with him and his lovely wife, Adonico. Isn't that cool? Praise God. 
And uh, I text them. I said, I love you. I'm just so proud of you. And they, they've actually, this Sunday, they opened their, for their first service back at the river in Tampa. Can you say praise God? Amen. 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 Because I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. But you got to keep your armor on. There it is. It's his battle. But you got to keep your armor on. Too many Christian streakers running around out there. <laughs> they got the helmet of salvation, but they don't have the breastplate of righteousness, okay? I mean, you get the picture? Okay. Keep your armor on. <laughs> Go to 1 Kings chapter 8. Praise God. How many know God has a sense of humor? Amen. If you don't believe it, just look in the mirror, okay? I do it every day. I say, God, if you could use a boy like this, you know, you could use anybody. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 10, the Bible says, and it came to pass when the priest were come out of the holy place. So now picture this. They spent time in the holy place. By the way, how many understand that's that as if you're in the fivefold ministry, that that is your number one priority, numeral uno. It's not for me to be an administrator. I'm not uh, some kind of a you know, problem solver with everything. I know that could be parts of it, but chief priority for uh, a man like myself is to spend time in prayer and in the word of God. The late Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, he, would, he, he had a three-word answer for every problem that was brought to him, guys. Uh, and, went, and sometimes they had some serious problems. When you have 5,000 students in your school at Raymond Bible College out there in Tulsa, you know, how many know you could be dealing with a lot of stuff? There's a lot of devils out there. And they would come to him and, and they would say, Brother Hagan, and something really bad happened. And he would, he would just look at them and he would go right back to the word and he'd say, praise the Lord. Aren't you going to do anything? Yeah, I am. I'm taking up the sword of the Spirit. It's hard for everybody to receive that. I get that. We are people of the Spirit. We're not supposed to look like the world, talk like the world, and act like the world. Our response is to- should be totally different than everybody else out there. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. And that's what he would say. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible says, it came to pass when they came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Now, can you imagine if the glory of God, the Shekinah glory filled this place where I couldn't even stand to minister? I say, do it again, Lord. Can you receive this by faith? Tangible glory of God. I could give you example after example after example in American history where this has happened and many people I know have been in a situation like that. In fact, in, in this room today, how many of you have ever been in a service, maybe a meeting, a great revival, I don't know, maybe something from yesteryear where you literally could see the tangible Shekinah glory of God. There you are. One, two, three, four. Oh, several. Okay. So you understand what I'm saying. A visible cloud of God's glory. Are you starting to feel what I'm saying here now? So God's trying to minister to people. I know, it's, I know it might be, I'm stretching you, but how many know it's good? A wise old man one time told me in worship, Lyndall Cooley, a dear friend of mine, he said, when people are here and you, and you want them to go here, you've got to go here. Amen. It's like that with the word too. So I've got to stretch you a little bit. I'm trying to build your faith and, because I know that for a lot of us, we've been being beat down all week by all the garbage and negativity and fake news out there. And I don't know about you, but I'm about to have my fill Amen? Yes, amen. So I'm going to see a victory 
For the battle belongs to you, Lord. So they couldn't even stand to minister because of the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God. Look at your neighbor and say, we need the glory of God. Well, say it now like you mean it. The problem is we don't understand what that is. It's the kabod. It's the weight, tangible presence of the Lord. When I was in Brownsville in, in 1997, it was revival. A great, how many of you heard of Brownsville Assembly of God? A great outpouring, Pensacola outpouring. Okay, so for those of you that, weren't, that don't know what that is, there was a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the 90s. On Father's Day of 1995, an Assembly of God church just like this, there was a pastor by the name of John Kilpatrick, and he had a visiting evangelist by the name of Steve Hill, and he was going through a lot. Uh, his mother had just died, and he was really uh, under a great burden. And uh, Steve came in. Steve was, was on fire for God. Uh, Steve's wife, Jerry, had ministered here about, I guess, about two years ago now this summer. But Steve was a, he was a very unique guy. He was very smart, but he was extremely anointed. He had spent seven years in the Argentine revival uh, with Carlos Alicandia down there and a great man of God. And uh, the power of God was poured out in that sleepy beach town of Brownsville, Pensacola, Florida, in 1995. And uh, the glory of God will change everything. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, Lyndall was a worship leader there, Lyndall Cooley, a good, dear friend of mine, of our family. And quite honestly, folks, I've grown up in, in this. You've got to understand, tent meetings when I was a kid lasted two weeks, three weeks. That was the norm back then. Now people can't sit for two hours without being on social media. You know, and that's why I said to you last week, we need to do a little. People are so worried about social distancing. I would be more concerned about uh, social media distancing. Uh, because, you know, listen, if you've got a comment on every time somebody says something, you've got way too much time on your hands. <laughs> okay. I mean, how do you even keep up with all the birthdays alone, you know? But, you know, I, but uh, in 1997, my wife and I were doing youth ministry. We're in about a year, Jimmy, at that point. We had, were doing youth ministry. And what happened was uh, my brother called me and he said, hey, he said, I've got a seat that just opened up. It was last minute. He said, how'd you like to go to the Brownsville Revival with uh, just uh, Chris and I, my oldest brother, Paul, who pastors in Maryland, and just about uh, our board and, and their wives. We have one open seat. And something in me just leaped. How many know sometimes when God is really in something, you'll just, your spirit, the Bible said, will bear witness. Y'all with me? You still with me? I could tell you jokes all day long, but they're not going to help you. I'm talking about the deep things of God now that actually transform a person from the inside out. And so I said, man, I, something inside me, and they said, man, yeah, I want to go on that trip. So I flew down there with them. It was different. I had to get my own flight. It was different because it was last minute. Somebody canceled. And I got to Pensacola, and I'll never forget the taxi cab driver, Kyle, taking me over, and I had this conversation with him. This is February of 97. And he said, you're headed over, we're, you're headed to the Brownsville uh, Revival. I said, yeah. I said, well, tell me what's going on. He goes, man, it's crazy. He goes, there's planes landing from all over the world, like nonstop. There's, he said, just be prepared. There's a, a line that's almost a mile long out the door. And it didn't say Walmart on the building and people weren't wearing funny looking masks. But when I got there, 
Well, my brother's church, we were standing in a line literally with 65 different delegations from all over the world in the pouring Florida rain for over 12 hours. And people were lined up at the front door of this Assembly of God church. And it was a, it was a Friday night revival. I'll never forget as long as I live. And I mean, I was totally saturated. I'm wearing a three-quarter length, you got to remember this is the 90s, a three-quarter length leather jacket and wingtip shoes. And when I walked, I was so soaked through to my underwear that the, the water was squirting up between my dress shoes. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Okay. It was bad. But we were so on fire for God. How many know when your inside is on fire, nothing on the outside can even touch you? That's why I'm trying to impart this to you today. Give God some praise right there. Amen. Oh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Do it again here, Lord. The Bible said, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Though great darkness overtakes the earth, Isaiah 60, the light of God knows no darkness. Amen? Whew. Exodus 40 and 31, the Bible said the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, the tent, the, co- the, the, the f- glory covered the tent of meeting. And the priest can't even stand a minister. So when I, when I was there, I walked, I got inside the building. I made it into the overflow. You got to understand when you're in line with like five, 6,000 people in a church that only sits 1,500. And I guess with all the folding chairs, Tom, they squeezed and Jackie, they could squeeze in maybe a couple hundred. So I want to say maybe 1,700, 1,800 people could fit in the main auditorium. Now there's 6,000. How many know that's a problem? If we had 6,000 people show up here, um, we wouldn't be able, we don't have the capacity, right? So they had leveled buildings. They had bought up houses. They had, uh, and knocked them down just for parking spaces. They had built a massive multi-purpose building, kind of like ours, but a whole lot bigger. And it was an auditorium. They had people everywhere. A tent outside with 1,500 people watching it on television. Uh, the glory of God, folks, when I tell you it was so thick in a place like that, I have never in my life experienced anything quite like that. And it was everything to do with the tangible presence of the Lord. Are you still with me? How many of you want the glory of God in your life? But I'm telling you, it's no joke. The Bible said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to have a spiritual appetite. I can't. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus said, shall be made whole. They'll be filled. Amen. The woman at the well of Samaria, rivers of living water will come out of you. We sing that song, There is a River. It's not because it's got some cute little chord progressions and we like to sing it. It has everything to do with the glory of God. Deep calls unto deep. Not everyone can receive that. It's because their ears aren't open. It's because their eyes aren't open and they can't see the things into the spiritual realm. Amen? So I got in the, I got in the, <laughs> Rick, I got in the balcony of the overflow building and they were watching it on the screen. And uh, I'll never forget the worship. I didn't know Lyndall Cooley at that time. I didn't know who he was. And he was, they had this massive choir and he was playing this song uh, called We Will Ride. And it was talking about the return of Jesus. <laughs> and, and it went like this. He has fire in his eyes. It says this in Revelation 19, by the way. And a sword in his hand. He's riding a white horse across this land. That's what the Bible said will actually happen. How many of you, you know that? This is in your Bible. 
Are we in the, are you say, are we living in the end of the days, Pastor? I don't know. God does. I know these things I believe could be uh, going in, with the prophecies that I've received uh, from people I highly respect in the kingdom. Uh, a lot of people believe we're very close. Uh, Brother Ted, who's a dear friend of, our, of this house, uh, said he, he, the day that Rodney got arrested, he said, I believe we're down between four and seven years. And then that's it. It's over. We're out of here. And that's why we've got to work this harvest field. We cannot close the doors of the church. Can I just say this to you folks? Do you know, I heard this yesterday, that not the president, not, the, not Washington, D.C., but the governors of the, of the different states, of the 50 states, so many of them were caught by surprise that the churches, someone they said, you must close. They all said, okay, okay. They were surprised there was no resistance whatsoever. Let me ask you a question. If a church will knuckle under over one order, it's not even a law of, an, of, a, of a guideline, what in the world will happen when real persecution breaks out? Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Uh, a dear friend of mine is here today, and you know, he was at the Easter service here with Jonathan, which was just, how many know that was a glory service? There, there you go. See, you see the glory. I understand glory. There's depths of this thing. And, uh, and he went into work Monday morning, and they said, were you, were you at church yesterday? And uh, he said, yeah. And they said, go home for two weeks and quarantine yourself. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this isn't against the First Amendment? And you don't think that, we're, that the church is under fire right now? You, you must live under a rock, friend. Are you so anesthetized that you don't understand what's happening in end-time events? And people are, people are, they don't even realize that the, the prophecies are coming unraveled in front of your very eyes. But why didn't they ask him if he was at Walmart? And if he said, yeah, they said, well, then go home for two weeks. Why didn't they ask him if he was at Lowe's or Home Depot? Or any of the stores here? Hey, were you at Wegmans? Yeah, go home. So he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I, I, Listen, I don't even care what people think. I'm, I'm, at a place in my, <laughs> I'm at a place in my own life. I'm a nice guy, but don't mess with me. We are living in the end of the age. And most of us have put such an emphasis on the, the temporal, the here and the now and all that. Everything that you see is going to melt up with a fervent heat one day. That's in your Bible, too. So when I was in Pensacola, I, 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 got, I was in the balcony, and I had my hands lifted, and I was soaking wet. And uh, I was so happy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. Nehemiah 8. And I felt, and I'm going to say this now, this may stretch a few people, but it's okay. I felt such uh, a touch of the glory of God come on my own life that I'll never be the same. Something changed in the spirit. I felt, uh, Lynn, like a hot oil was being poured out as they were singing that song. He has fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. He's leading the final armies of God across this land. He's calling out to you and me. Will you ride with me? And I just saw this long haired, skinny guy up there on the organ in a black suit and a, this big choir and they were singing and it had such an anointing I never even heard the song before it sounded like the glory out of heaven uh, see glory can be on a person's vocal cords can you receive what I'm saying to you I know this is different I know it's my but I, we, listen 
These are perilous times, and we've got to go deeper, church. The days of three cute points and a funny joke are over. Deep calls unto deep. God is doing a separating, and, and, and I believe it. what Rodney said, uh, uh, the wheat and the chaff is being separated in these final days. And the churches that take a stand for God will come back stronger than they ever have. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> Praise God. Whew, I didn't even get to my first point yet. That's okay. I'm not going to be hemmed in by that. But I remember lifting my hands, and, I, and it felt like, listen, I'd never experienced anything. It was like a hot oil being poured out over my head, and it came, ran down my fingers and down my body. And I remember literally opening up my eyes and looking at my fingers like there was some kind of fire on them. And I've never been like a sensationalist. But how many know God is way bigger than the little box we try to put him in on Sunday morning? You think God isn't big? Uh, what do you think he said to Job? Who are you? Where were you when I spoke uh, to the morning? And I put the, flung the stars and hung them in place. They're saying there's a hundred billion galaxies out there in addition to the, the one that we know about. You think God can't handle your finances? <laughs> Amen? I sense his presence here even now. And I want his presence. I don't want to do ministry outside of the anointing. I don't want to do ministry outside of the touch of God, the touch of his glory. It was what we're talking about today. We're teaching on and even as you call upon him, he'll show up. And I remember that oil was poured out on me. And I, 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 something, something changed in me, folks. God will take you. There's different levels of the glory of God. And I'm trying. It's, it's a, it's a, there's a tension up here because I know that some of you, you've tasted a little bit of that. And you've seen some like mercy drops is what the old Pentecostals used to call it. Um, but there's so much more. There's so much more. Deep calls unto deep, yea, the deep things of God. So I, I'm just going to give you a couple ways. I don't even know if I'll get through this. Um, of how you can tap into the glory of God through faith. And here it is. Here's the first one. It's very simple. But simple doesn't mean easy. You've got to look for the glory of God. You've got to have eyes to see. Where do I get that from? Well, there's lots of scriptures. I'll just give you one. Acts 7.55, it's saying, And he, that who's he? Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost gazed into heaven, and he saw the glory of God. Why did he see the glory of God? Because he was being literally stoned, and not with uh, cannabis like my neighbor's party last night. The weed was so strong over there. Uh, my God, I think I could have got high just going, opening up my uh, back door, you know. <laughs> Praise God. At least they're honest, you know. You know what I was thinking last night, honey? If people, why is it that people are happier in their sin than sometimes the church is in their salvation? You ever wonder that one? <laughs> I mean, at least people who, the thing I like about sinners is at least they're real. Not you guys. I'm just saying, you know, have you met people like that? It's like they're bound up by religion. Now we know religion is a spirit, by the way. Yeah. And what's actually, what's actually attacking our country right now is in the church, by and large, is what's called the spirit of Antichrist. You, did I lose you? Did you fall off the truck right there? Are you still with me? It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's literally come, it's in direct opposition of the church, this church in particular. But it's okay. Because I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. 
So here's the deal. Tyler mentioned it earlier about my father said about the corner of expectation at the corner, the edge of expectation. If we're not expecting to see the glory of God, we probably won't. It's according to your faith. Amen. It's according to your expectation. You say, are you okay? I've never been better. Because this, I know what I'm saying here. You have to have an expectancy in your heart that God's going to show up in your life. Amen? And He will, according to your faith. Those, that's the words of Jesus, by the way. So expect great things to happen, right? And then, you know, the Bible says, I'll just give you a couple of scriptures. Uh, Exodus 24, 17, The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of Mount Sinai. Uh, Prophet Habakkuk got a glimpse of the fiery glory too, and he described it like a sun blazing in the sky. His brightness was as a light. He had horns, or what you would call in our modern day vernacular, shafts coming out of his hands. And there was a hiding in his power. So listen, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that glory, that power is available to you. Can you say amen? Aren't you thankful that the glory of God is available to you in your life? Amen? Man, I sure am. Uh, Brother Hagin Brother Hagen used to carry around in the back of his Bible uh, all the scriptures uh, on the glory of God. And many times he would just start to read them. And he had that real, you know, uh, Midwestern uh, drawl. And... Uh, Literally, signs, wonders, and miracles would take place as he would read some of the scriptures that I'm reading to you today. Why? Because people expect them. They're looking for the glory of God. And I can tell, can I just say this to you? We all can tell where someone's been spending their time by what comes out of their mouth. Have you found this to be true? Yeah. If, they, if they're filled with worry and fear uh, and panic and heart palpitations and could this be the end of the age and this, that, and the other, I could tell they probably haven't been spending much time with the Lord. Amen? Amen? Instead of reading the good news, they're reading the bad news or the fake news, whichever you choose to call it. And here's the second way that we tap into the glory of God. I'm almost done. Pray for the glory. Pray for the glory. Say, pray for the glory. Yeah, I get that from Romans 8.18. Paul said, for I consider the sufferings. He said, I don't want to suffer. Well, then you don't want to be like Jesus. He actually asked his disciples, are you able to be baptized with the same baptism I'm baptized with? And they quick said, we are, Lord. And he wasn't speaking about the Spirit. He was speaking about the baptism of suffering. That was right before he was crucified. And uh, he said, you will indeed be baptized with that, right? How many know that? In the gospel. So Paul said, I, listen, he said, I consider, in, in the King James it says, I reckon, because Paul was a southerner, I reckon that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Can you say praise God? Praise God. Amen. This too will pass. This corona will be over and, you know, and then it'll be something else, right? I'm not speaking. How many know that, that look, when you, we live in a very imperfect place here called planet earth and men have infected it and, and messed it up and polluted it and you pour garbage in the ground and you put I mean you take the I mean what do you think's going to happen and you have hatred and evil and all kinds of stuff and look does it bother me no because I know the battle belongs to the Lord so pray for the glory amen that's what they did Moses said in Exodus 33 I'll just give you a couple of references before we're done show me your glory Lord 
Show me your glory. He said, he said, Moses, if you see my glory, you'll die. No man can see my glory and live. As Old Testament, that was before the tearing of the veil of the temple at Calvary. Acts 2, 4, uh, Acts 1, uh, chapter 2, what happened? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered in the upper room. In one accord means unity. They were in unity together. It cross-references with Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Why do you think that the devil fights the church so hard? He knows if he could get the sheep scattered, he knows if he could get the door to close, that people can't connect. Can I tell you, we're hardwired by God for fellowship. Amen. Amen. Look at how, look at depression is higher than it's ever been. Suicide, the suicide um, prevention, they said that their calls have increased by 2,500%. Darla, have you seen this in the, in the recovery? Unlike, unlike ever, right? Just in the past week, please, yeah. Four clients. See, that's what, that's, what, that's what they're not talking about. They show you the numbers, you know, we bent the curve and all that, you know, praise God, you know, we're all praying that way. But what they don't tell you is that the distancing is actually harming people in here and in here, which leads to like that testimony where the guy was going to ram his car. I don't know if you heard that, everything Tyler said, it was kind of long, but that, that, and that's a man who's a director of nursing who my wife graduated Mary with, right, years ago in the nursing program, and uh, he was going to take his own life because that's, that's hell's will is to destroy, steal, kill, destroy. Amen? So we got to pray, folks. And then uh, Ephesians 1.17, Paul said, you know, I asked God, uh, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians, what a wonderful book Ephesians is. Oh, God, you ought to go through Ephesians. And Colossians is like Ephesians on steroids. Uh, <laughs> praise God. They give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what comes through glory. Spirit of wisdom. How many of you want wisdom? Revelation. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated with Him. We don't have to fear like people that have no hope. Amen? If you don't know Jesus, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> if I was you, I wouldn't sleep at night if you don't know Jesus. If you know Jesus, it's like, what are they, they going to do to me? It'd be a shortcut. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. And so, you see, so pray for the glory of God. That's what he said. He said, I pray, Ephesians 1, 18, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Everybody say hope. hope. To which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So you've got to pray that you'll understand those riches you still with me? I know this is, this is more Brussels sprouts than Twinkies today. You good? They're good for you, right? Amen. Praise God. So, you know, look for the glory. Expect. Pray for the glory. Here's the third point very quickly. Prepare for the glory. We've got to prepare for the glory of God. The thing at Brownsville that people didn't realize is the church prayed for two and a half years. They canceled Sunday night service. They said no preaching, no announcements, just worship and prayer. Revelation 4, they, some people call it harp and bowl. It means we're ministering unto the Lord. We're crying out to God. That's where that banner came from. They had 17 banners. One said souls like that one. Another one said revival. They put them through the auditorium on Sunday night. And for two and a half years, they just prayed. 
What would happen if a church just came agreement and constantly went into prayer seeking the face of God? A great outpouring that was prophesied by Dr. Cho out in Seattle about Pensacola. And uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then God said, I will hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. How many know our land needs to be healed? Amen? It needs a healing. Amen. I believe it's begun in Jesus' name. That's it. Give God some praise right there. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I had a video. I'm not going to roll it, but, but I want to tell you this. John Kilpatrick, who is one of God's generals, prophesied. Listen, this is a little over a month ago now that God spoke to him and said that the greatest end time move of the Holy Spirit is very close now. The greatest move of the glory of God on the American church is just a handful of moments away. And churches that will be unwavering in their faith, that will take a stand for Jesus, will experience that. Isn't it interesting that Pat Schatzlein texted me that this morning? That another Pentecost will come to Peckville, the Scranton area. Can you say praise God? And, and you know, I just want to say, uh, lastly, walk into glory got to walk in the glory. And the way you walk in the glory is you spend time walking with Jesus. And you'll notice that your words will be different. And your thoughts will be different. And the way you live is different than the, than the masses. It's not always the easiest way. You know, uh, I mean, know who Lester Summerall was? Dr. Lester Summerall. Did you know? Praise God. Somebody got to call the ministry right there. Amen. <laughs> How, how, many know, uh, how, how many know who Smith Wigglesworth was? Did you ever hear, uh, and I'll close with this, but did you ever hear when uh, Dr. Lester Summerall met Smith Wigglesworth, his hero in the faith? Think of the person, just think of the person that you'd like to meet, like besides Jesus, like a great, you know, whether it's T.L. Osborne or the late Kenneth E. Hagan, one of them great, Billy Graham, one of them great men of faith. And uh, he said, my whole life I want to meet Smith Wigglesworth, Jimmy, you know, um, you know, for like for uh, big baseball fans would be like probably like Mickey Mantle or one of those guys. Right. And so uh, he lent Lester Summerall said, actually, the first time I met Smith Wigglesworth, I was invited to teach at a conference that he was hosting. And they had thousands of men sitting there, preachers primarily. And Dr. Lester Summerall, just a young guy. This is the 1930s. And he said, you know how intimidating it was to preach with Smith Wigglesworth sitting in the front row? Can you imagine? And uh, anyway, he was an Englishman. He was very brash. So Lester said, I, I preached that morning session. And near the end, I was getting ready to close like I am now. And he said, Smith Wigglesworth, who was this great, big, brash Englishman who always dressed like a Philadelphia lawyer. You know, he's dressed spit shine and polished. But he was very crude. But yet no one used, God used nobody like at that level. He was just like a wild man. You know, how many of you understand the, the, the context? Back then they weren't uh, easily offended over everything like everybody is now. Okay? They didn't have to keep making apologies after they preached. And, uh, <laughs> and he got up and walked out. Well, Lester Summerall was getting ready to close in prayer. And he said, I got this feeling in my heart like, oh, God, I wonder, you know, I must have said something wrong. And he said he got up and came up behind me. 
and stood behind me like this. <laughs> Quite intimidating, right? And Lester, Dr. Lester Summerall said, I closed in prayer and he turned around with Smith Wigglesworth and said, I want to see you in the office, son. And he's like, oh, God, like, well, I'm getting called on the, in the principal's office. You ever been there? <laughs> yeah. Some of you guys in the balcony know. My, my son, I used to have coffee with the superintendent almost every morning at Lakeland High School. Thank God, honey, those days are over. Amen? The other two kids were easy to raise. If, if my oldest son wasn't born, my wife and I would have traveled the country teaching on marriage seminars and parenting, you know? Anyway, anyway. So he went in the office, and Smith Wigglesworth had him sit down, and he said, I received from your teaching today. And he said, I want you to come to my house. And he said, okay. He said, you'll be there at Tuesday at 8 a.m. And so he said, I came to his house at Tuesday at 8 a.m., and they didn't have doorbells back then. They had those big you know, brass knockers. This is pre-World War II. And he said, I was so nervous, I couldn't hardly even sleep the night before, knowing I'm going to actually get to go to his, this man's house, who I greatly admire. And he said, I knocked on that brass knocker. Listen to this. Wigglesworth answered the door. He said, what is that under your arm? And he said, this is my, uh, the newspaper. He said, throw that pack of lies in the garbage, or you're not welcome in this house. That right there is worth the price of admission. That's probably good counsel to some of us living in the year 2020 with the pandemic of Corona. Amen? He said he came in the house. You know what he did? He said he opened the Bible. Never said hello to him. He just opened the Bible. And he read for 30 minutes straight. And then he, then he closed the Bible and he broke out in tongues for 30 minutes straight. Then he opened the Bible and he read for another 30 minutes straight. Then he prayed to the Holy Ghost for another... 30 minutes straight, and then his daughter said, Dad, it's time for lunch. And they went and had lunch and in his home. And when he was done, he took the napkin away from his neck, and he walked down the back bedroom to take himself a nap. And Lester Summerall left, and he said, for two and a half years, Smith Wigglesworth invited me into his home to be mentored by him. Dr. Lester Summerall, folks, if you don't know who he is, he's someone that to this day are feeding millions of children decades after his death. He had major cargo planes that his ministry owned that went all over the world to preach the gospel and bless people in tangible ways, kind of like we're doing here on Fridays with the feeding distribution, except all over the planet. And uh, anyway, he said the war broke out, 1939, and all Americans were told to evacuate the country. And he said, I was living in British territory, British Isles. And he said, I, I went to tell Smith Wigglesworth that I had to leave the country. And I really enjoyed his time. Watch this. He said, let me pray with you, son, because I've really enjoyed teaching you. And he said he laid hands on him. And listen to this prayer. Talking about praying for the glory. How would you like to have hands laid on you by somebody like that? I would. He laid hands on this young preacher, and this is what he prayed. He said, God in heaven, give this young man, Lester Summerall, all of the faith and the wisdom that you've given me in Jesus' name. I impart that into his spirit now. And he said, that was the last I've ever seen of him. Folks, we've got to be around great men of faith, especially now. You show me your friends, 
I'll show you your future. And I would, and I'm gonna ask the worship team come back if you if you haven't been raptured out of here. Um, I would seriously, seriously consider not like I would never attend a church where they don't believe like we do. I would never attend a church where they don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I promise you. Do I need attendance to grow? Are you kidding me? Look around. With all that's going on, what's going to happen when this is all over out there? <laughs> Get overflow. Praise God. Amen. I love you, Jesus. Father in heaven, send your glory to this house. In fact, Lord, your word declares that in the last days you'll pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters would prophesy. Young men would see visions. Old men would dream dreams. I saw a vision last night of this right here. I'm standing by it today. Didn't even know where it was. Jesus, Jesus, just lift your hands on me. Everybody stand all across this place. Come on. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you are not yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button and then click the bell to be notified when new videos are posted. Have a blessed day.